Hello? Hello, Mel? Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm well. Yeah, yeah it's good. good. Uh, thank, thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. So, this is a big thing for us. First guest. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. Okay. So, so um, who am I talking to? Who's Elliot and who's Freddie? Oh, I'm Elliot. Uh, I'm, oh wait, yeah, I'm Freddie. Okay, brilliant. Uh, do you want me to introduce you, or do you want to introduce yourself? Well, you can introduce me, and then I'll I'll add to whatever you uh, whatever you say. Okay, so Mel is a former professional footballer for Wolves and many of the teams. Uh, in your career, you scored sixty-seven goals in two hundred and forty-three games, and you won the League Cup in nineteen eighty against Champions League winners Nottingham Forest. Okay, so that's um, that's what you get from Wikipedia. That doesn't yeah. in, that's just league games. Yeah, yeah. So I played 214 games for Wolves. I left straight from school, joined as a professional when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, was at Wolves for nine years, play, um, didn't make my debut till I was 21. But then the next six years, I, I played 214 games, scored 53 goals. We won the League Cup at Wembley against Nottingham Forest, um, Brian Clough's Nottingham Forest, who were the European Cup holders at the time, and then went on to retain the European Cup two or three months after we beat them at Wembley in the the League Cup final. And they were uh, going to win the League Cup for the third time on the trot if they if we hadn't stopped them. Yeah. So um, it, was a, yeah, it was a great achievement. Although there wasn't that much difference between us in the league, because that that season, um, although Forest had won the league the year before, Liverpool actually won the league in 1979-80. Mm-hmm. Um, Man United was were just pipped second place, but Forest actually finished fifth and we finished sixth, basically wow. a point behind them. So although they were they were favourites in most people's books, there wasn't much difference between us, to be honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and then when I went on to play, I ruptured my Achilles when I was twenty-seven, and then I went on to play some other games. Yeah, uh, went on to Manchester City, Sheffield United, Gillingham, um, locally, West Brom and Warsaw. But I, I wasn't fit enough to play in the first team at those games, so then I had to retire. Yeah. Uh, and then I was a football agent for for about 20 years or so. Wow. Um, and um, the last five, six years now, I'm a performance specialist. So I just, I uh, I concentrate on doing what I did with with footballers and coaches and managers and, and what have you in regards to getting, helping people get results. Mm-hmm. And I, I helped a lot of footballers uh, go from what you would call non-league or lower leagues all the way up to the Premier League, and wow. that's that's a lot more to do. With, that's nothing to do with um, just the agency side. That was to do with the personal performance side and just knowing literally from three things from from how we 
how we move, helping them to move better, helping them with what goes in their bodies and what doesn't go in their bodies, what they eat and what they drink, which is which 20 years ago wasn't uh, looked into as much as it is now because a lot of clubs have all got sports scientists now mm -hmm. um, and nutritionalists and what have you. But the, literally the staff at even the top clubs was just the manager, the, maybe the coach, um, a physio and uh, the kit man. So yeah, yeah. now you've got an army of sports scientists. There wasn't, there was never a full-time sports scientist, for instance, at, at a club. Um, in my day, but now um, every club's got its, you know, a, a team of sports scientists and masseurs and assistants. Yeah, masseurs and um, everything under the sun, which is brilliant. You know, yeah. so um, they've got every advantage to uh, prepare the players um, to get them optimally uh, right to play, and then you know afterwards they look after them. So that they're then preparing for the next game straight after the the previous game, whereas um, it wasn't as scientific in my day. But uh, a lot, you know, obviously a lot was was known, but it wasn't as uh, they didn't go into it in, in as fine detail as they do now. Yeah. So, so um, like I guess the game's changed a lot since you were a player. Um. Is, is is there anything that you look at negatively, uh, like how the game has changed from like when you used to play? No, I, th I think that you that you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Is one of the sayings. In other words, you you uh, I embrace the you know the sports science and everything else and the nutrition and um, the the new ways of doing things, but the what I always say is that the fundamentals will always stay the same. So don't get rid of the fundamentals, which is the baby, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the fundamentals are always the same, and that's what I used to teach and still do. That's what I. That's what I concentrate on doing now. Yeah, is is really uh, success. Success and performance is an inside job. It's an inside-out yeah. job, not an outside-in one. So, yes, you can have all of the advantages of everybody advising you what to do and having everything done for you. But how far you actually get is dependent on what you do and how. Mm -hmm. And that means what you're really comes down to your beliefs and your thoughts. Yeah. Um, so it is your paradigm of how the world works. So beliefs and thoughts are the source of the results that we all get. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and it's whether you whether you're looking at, at uh, say even at school, uh, it's great to have the best facilities, the um, obviously best lecturers and teachers and yeah. uh, coaches and trainers and everybody helping you to do that. But ultimately um, it depends on it depends on you and your really. Your, it's all about attitude as well, because I, yeah, I always say that attitude determines your altitude. In other words, mm -hmm. how you actually look at stuff uh, and um, and you behave, and then put put into action um, those thoughts. 
then that determines how high or how much you achieve in whatever you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, we've got some more questions here as well. Um, what, what do you remember of your debut against uh, Ipswich? Well, that was... Yes, I remember quite a bit about it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I... In those days, I trained with the... I was the top scorer in the reserves for a few mm-hmm. months because it was in November. So, we started in August. So, played quite a few games in the reserves. I was... Uh, doing very well and um, uh, I was training with the the first team on the Friday morning Um, Mm -hmm. I got an inkling I might have a chance of playing but it's not until they actually in those days the the assistant manager who was a guy named Sammy um, I think it was Brian Owen uh, because Sammy John gave him a debut and uh, they used to come and after training, they would pick, they would pin the actual team up on the on the notice board in the first team dressing room. Yeah, so, and mm-hmm. you only had one sub then, so they would pin to one to eleven, one to twelve, and all the mm-hmm. na- all the numbers and a name by the numbers, and that was the team mm-hmm. in those days, and. Um, it was only when the, they come down, pinned it up, and I just sheepishly kind of went and had a look at the, see what at the notice board. That yeah, I was I was playing. So, um, and I made my debut. I think John Richards was number nine, and I was number ten. And, yeah. And uh, John Richards, of course, was an absolute. Still, he's he was a, a you know, he was the leading goal scorer at the time. Yeah. He was. Uh, one of the best players the Wolves have ever had, and mm. uh, and I'd watched him from his debut, all virtually all his games from the North mm. Bank as a supporter at Molineux. Yeah, from when I was at mm. school. So to actually then play with him, along with a lot of the other players that I'd watched for for years, um, you know, players such as Derek Parkin, Jeff Palmer, Kenny Hibby, mm-hmm. Willie Carr. Yeah, yeah. Um, to then pl- to to then make my debut with those players was a bit surreal, really. Being yeah. a, being a wolf supporter as a kid, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But it's hard in the you know uh, thrill of playing with your you know idols and yeah. you got to focus the game and oh, it was an absolute thrill, yeah. So um, well, you can just imagine that. Um, it was a bit. It was very surreal. It was. Uh, am I really here? <laughs> Is this a yeah. dream? You know, because it was a dream come true. So, mm. um, I played pretty well in that game. Uh, Ipswich were one of the top teams at that time. They, Sir Bobby Robson. Well, he wasn't Sir Bobby. Ro- he wasn't Sir Bobby Robson. Then yeah. it was Bobby Robson was the manager, um, mm. and he was uh, manager of Ipswich. Well, I think. My, they may have finished second that year or whatever, but uh, they he got a really good team, and um, we were the better team at Molyneux, but we couldn't, we just couldn't quite score. Uh, it, was mm, no, yeah. it was no goals, unfortunately. So I didn't score on my debut, but um, yeah. I had, you know, I was fairly 
fairly happy apart from not scoring with my overall kind of uh, contribution. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, which 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 is the goal that you remember the most, or like the most special goal you scored? Um, probably the most important goal. The most important goal that I scored was the yeah. was the goal that if I just paint the picture for you, we we were in the semi final of the of the League Cup. Yeah, and we drawn Swindon Town. It was Swindon Town that those days were doing really well. They got a really good team. Yeah, and um, the first leg it was two leg affair. Then the semi finals, and mm. uh, the the first leg was away at Swindon, and um, I didn't play. Actually, I was I was mm. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't in the side, and then we we lost we lost two one. I was there, saw mm. it. We lost two one. Um, but for the the return leg, the second leg, um, I was back in the team, and mm-hmm. um, it was one one with ten minutes to go. So literally, we were yeah. we we needed to score to keep ourselves in, and the the ball bounced up, and I was right on the edge of the box or the, the penalty yeah. area. So it's right on the, the corner of the edge of the box. Yeah. So not in the D, it was right on the corner. Um, yeah, yeah. Towards, as we were kicking towards the south bank, the left-hand side. So, mm-hmm. and um, the ball bounced up, not just instinctively, did a kind of overhead kick and the ball flew right into the far corner of wow. the the net. And um, got us back to two one in the lead. So the the tie was three three on aggregate, which then took us into mm-hmm. extra time. And then yeah, the guy that I've already mentioned, John Richards, got the winner in extra time, which took us through to yeah. Wembley. So mm-hmm. I suppose as far as the most important goal I've ever scored, I think that was it. I guess that must have been huge for you as well, being a Wolves fan all your life. Um, did it take him in to you know effectively keep him in the leaker? Well, well, yeah, effectively, if I hadn't have scored that, we wouldn't have got to Wembley. So it was, um, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that was probably the the most important goal I've ever scored. Mm. Um, and then uh, another question about Wolves: what, what do you think of them now and uh, their journey back to the the Prem? Uh, at, before they got relegated, um, what do I think of Wolves now? Oh my word! I think that it's probably uh, you know probably the most exciting Wolves team uh, for for decades, for 30, 40 mm-hmm. years. Um, I'm not just saying because I play, but at least since the since the seventy nine eighty season when we finished sixth, Wolves haven't finished haven't done anywhere near as well, um, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. You know, last last season when they finished seventh and then got into the into Europe was the for the first time since we did it in um, in my time and uh, mm. so and they're playing some really good stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah. Nuno's way of doing things is um, everybody's taking to him. Um, yeah, we've got some excellent players. 
from all around the world. Obviously, there's a big Portuguese influence with Nuno being Portuguese. That's quite natural. And the yeah. coach is so... And, but everybody, everybody's bought, you know, kind of uh, bought into it. And um, it's been a breath of fresh air, really. They're, they're placing great yeah. stuff. Um, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been great to watch. Um, and they, they, they do things in the right way. Uh, and the, the thing is that they're the only thing letting us down, which is probably the same as when I played. Really, was it was the consistency? Uh, because yeah, the present seemed very similar in the fact that we fancied ourselves against anybody. Um, I just mm-hmm. tell you about seventy nine eighty. We, I said Liverpool won the league and by two points against Man United, but we did the double over Man United that year. Yeah, and Man United literally had every every player was a full international. Yeah, so um, it's and it's similar to the team there. Who would have thought that that Wolves would do the double over Manchester City this season? It's, yeah, uh, it's amazing, um, and their their record against the so called you know the top six has has been uh, been brilliant. We just if we're a little bit more consistent against uh, the bottom half of the, t- the table, um, we'd be having a real go for being in the U- European yeah. places as opposed to the UEFA places. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's never been a better time for for decades to be a Wolves fan. Yeah, uh, that's great. Um, well, another question here. Oh, like going back to your goals, was the which team did you enjoy scoring against the most? Oh, scoring against well, um, well, I've scored against the I've scored all against all the what you'd call local rivals. So I've scored in all the local derbies. I've scored against uh, West Brom. You know, I've, I've played in t- teams when we beat West Brom and scored. Villa, yeah. Aston Villa and scored Birmingham City and scored. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm an Aston Villa fan. Yeah. So yeah, I've played against Villa and you know I've scored at, I've scored at Villa yeah. Park and at Molyneux. So you know yeah. I've won won and lost against them. So it's always been you know been a nip and tuck. So but um, it's great to have the the friendly friendly rivalry. Um, but but yeah. then also. You know, I've scored. I've scored against pretty well all the top teams. You know, against the yeah. Liverpool's and Man United's and Chelsea's and uh, Man Man City's and everybody. Yeah, so uh, that's been great as well. I was the last person to score. Um, I'm still the last person to score a winning goal at Old Trafford for wow. Wolves well, when well, we won one nil. But you... that that goes back to the 1979-80 season. Yeah, and we haven't done it since then. We haven't won a game at uh, at Old Trafford. Um, yeah, but the present team are are um, are taking a lot of the. Well, we wouldn't have believed that it would take for you know forty years to um, to get back to any anywhere near where we were before. So um, mm, yeah, it's great. It's great, and we want uh, we want the present team to to do even better and to go on and and do. Yeah. If we can get back to being how the Wolves team of the nineteen fifties, 
which were the best team um, not only in Eng- in in England they were the best team in Europe yeah. they were classed as the be- mm. the best team in the world actually in the in the 50s wow um, and they you know they beat everybody so um, yeah mm-hmm. but that's uh, you know that that's a big ask but it's a bit like being of the same standard as um, you know your your Liverpool's your Liverpool's and uh, Liverpool's Man City's and Barcelona and Real Madrid's and everybody on that on that level. So there's a little yeah. bit to go for, to do that. But Wolves competing at the top half of the of the Premier League from where they were just mm-hmm. a few years ago, even in Division One. Yeah. With Kenny Jackett coming in and um, you know starting the the turnaround and getting and doing doing a really good job, getting us back into the championship and then taking it from there with and um, and then eventually Nuno coming in and uh, and doing a and t- doing unbelievable in yeah. job in the last mm-hmm. three years. I mean the the way that he transformed the whole club. Um, with you know, with, with the football that we saw, with the team winning the championship was uh, was breathtaking at times. I think that um, yeah, you know that there, there were. I think every Wolves fan was just pinching themselves, thinking, "Is this real? Can somebody win?" <laughs> mm. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, and then. And then to go on and do so well last, you know, the first season back in the Premier League, and then, and then yeah. even to carry on after a little bit of a dodgy start. Let's be honest; it was a little because yeah. of the being in Europe so early on. Everybody was saying, "Oh, have we stretched ourselves too much because of the being in the UEFA Cup, having to start in Ju- at the end of yeah. July against Crusaders of Northern Ireland? Uh, is this too much? Because we haven't got a big enough squad, and there was a lot of, you know." All the moaners were coming out, weren't they? <laughs> and uh, yeah. but you know, the, all credit to the players, new now and his staff and everybody. They've proved everybody wrong. They've just, they've, they're, yeah. they're, they're doing they're doing uh, they're doing well. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens now when we come back because it's a crazy situation we're in. It's uh, unique yeah. circumstances, so they're going to have to play the remaining. I think it's nine games behind closed doors. So, yeah. um, and that could go up. That could go go either way. I'm I'm pretty confident we'll do well. Um, yeah, but we never know because it's all very close. So, Wolves could finish anywhere, literally from kind of fourth position to fourteenth yeah. position. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, so we don't know yet. So it's gonna it's it's all exciting. It's all exciting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Nuno has brought that killer counter attack to Wolves now, and with the players you've got in that front three, like Traore, Jimenez, Jota, they work so well together as an attacking three, and I think that's how they've got now together, and that midfield of Martinho and Neves works really well. So, well, yeah, yeah, you're quite right. The um, the the quality of the players, and then. I do like young Pedro Neto as well. 
he's um, yeah. he's one that you can can bring in as well. And uh, so we've got really attacking uh, the attacking uh, force is very potent. Um, so it's going to upset yeah. anybody if you can get them. And then you add that to the dock, Matt Doherty. Mm-hmm. He gets he gets his goals and and makes stuff as well. Uh, I like yeah he's he's I like fun. Johnny on the left hand side. He's very uh, he goes about his business so well. Um, and uh, Vinegray as well. He's Vinegray is probably more attacking. He, he he just lacks that defensive little uh, qualities that he's got to work on and he bring it mm-hmm. bring it into his game. But now Big Willy Bolly's come back as well. It's steadied the uh, the back three up. And uh, you know, I could go yeah. through all the team. Patricio's just steady, steady as in between the posts. Yeah, uh, Connor Cody is just unbelievably consistent and great, lead, great leader. Yeah. You know, Dendonka mm-hmm. or Sais, whoever you play at the back as well. Dendonka's been different class wherever he's played for me. I think he's. Um, yeah. If any, if if Dendonka doesn't play, I think he's got to be the one of the most unluckiest players. Not to not to be starting, but but that's yeah. the luxury that you know that Nuno's got in the fact that he's got some quality quality players, and unfortunately he's got to leave somebody out. Um, yeah, uh, but it but he's not been afraid to do that. He's been he's not been afraid to actually mix it up as well as and and play play teams to win certain games or give people a rest. But I don't, yeah. You know, which uh, is good, but he, but he, also he doesn't change the team unnecessarily. He doesn't kind of change it around like some of the the managers used to do, like squad rotation. I don't think he yeah. believes in that, but he will, he will mix it about when he needs to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the front three, I think, like, uh, and the counter attacking. That game against uh, Manchester City, where you did the double over them, the away game, uh, where it was two counter attacks and you scored on both. What, what do you think of Adama Traore over the last season or so? Most improved player in the Premier League, not yeah. just Wolves. Most improved player in the Premier League because everybody could see he'd got undoubted potential. He's quick as, powerful as. Got good feet, but his end product just wasn't what it what it potentially could be. Um, and everybody was yeah. thinking, is he going? Is he going to ever? Is he going to ever produce that consistency or that you know fulfil his potential? But um, the great thing is that he's doing that now, and uh, yeah, he's, he's scaring him, scaring teams to uh, to smear the reins, isn't he? I mean, he's. Uh, yeah. Anybody coming up and thinking, "Are we playing Wolves? Are oh, you going to be up against Traore?" Um, there must be having kittens the night before some of the left backs he's playing against because uh, I wouldn't yeah. want to play against him. I can tell you. Yeah, he, he's a he's a big guy as well. Like he's yeah, powerful. Say, he's got every, he's got all of the the ammunition and the tools in his in his armory to to destroy anybody. And I think it's some teams. I remember was playing against Tottenham at, at home, and um, they were taking it in turns, chopping him down, literally just. And, yeah. uh, it was, it was embarrassing. I mean, even Harry Kane came back and had a go and got booked. So 
<laughs> it was, uh, yeah, for, for me, Traore's most improved player in the Premier League. Yeah. Like you said, um, Nuno's got that luxury now where Wolves are so good that they're attracting players like him. He was in the Barcelona Academy, La Masia, and now he wanted to join Wolves and look what he's become, a star. Yeah, well, as I say, I mean, he was... Obviously, he's had time at Villa as well, and he, he they couldn't quite couldn't quite yeah. um, get the best out of him then, or or it wasn't what he wasn't ready. And it could all it can all be about yeah. timing. Yeah. It's like it's like us all, you know. At school, you'll get somebody that's twelve talking about sports, say for instance, or even in academic stuff, you'll get some people that are are way ahead, but then. Um, you know, a twelve-year-old. You can get somebody that, that's like a fourteen-year-old in a twelve-year-old's body, and you can get some twelve-year-olds that um, are only really a ten-year-old's body. So you can have yeah. two twelve-year-olds having a race together, or having a, a game of football together, and one's one's six foot, and the other's five foot. Uh, but by mm-hmm. the time you get to twenty, you know, you get to twenty twenty-one, the five-foot lads grown to grown to six foot and the six foot has stopped growing when yeah. he was uh, 12 so it evens itself out so it, it, it really is all about um, yeah it, 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 everything yeah. averages itself out eventually yeah um, uh, what, what, who, this is a going off like the topic of players. Uh, who who do you think is the greatest player of all time, and like who's the best player you've played with and against? Oh, crikey. that's very subjective. I think it's 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 it, 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 it's looking at um, you know some of the greatest players that I've seen. If you other than the 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 two at the moment are obviously Ronaldo and Messi. Um, and I think they're yeah. both up there, um, and they, they bring different abilities to the table. Um, yeah. And from when I was, well, I was coming through the game. Obviously, you'd got the Pele, Pele first of all, and George Best. Really. Um, yeah. I didn't actually physically play against Best, but um, I probably saw him, but didn't play against him um, yeah but, but yeah I mean um, I've played against I've played with and against a lot of obviously top top players but I would think yeah I think you know from British players best probably takes takes some beating mm. yeah um, who who do you think the best player you've played against is? Well, me personally, there was um, Kevin Beatty, who was I played against in the first game I, I played against Ipswich. Was um, he was an England international um, left-sided yeah. defender, who, if it wasn't for injury, would have probably gone on and played it over a hundred times for England. But he was awesome. I couldn't, yeah, couldn't get anything against him. Um, so. Defensively wise, I think Kevin Beatty was probably the hardest player I ever played against. Mm, yeah. 
Um, uh, like um, before the nineteen eighty, before the nineteen eighty uh, League Cup final, were were you nervous at all? Were you excited? Do you know how you um, feeling? Yeah, both. And they're the same. Mm. So it's just a matter of. Um, I think it's 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 what I teach now. Really, it's all about controlling your controlling your emotions yeah. under pressure. I didn't know the science and the the practicalities of what I teach now because I've learned that over the last since then. But I think it's all a case of um, of, re, of really just trusting yourself and un- understanding that. You're there for it. You're there for a reason. So you're not there because you can't do it. So yeah. it's you've got to have total belief in your own ability. Um, yeah. But it, it the, the time that you that you kind of um, it gets to you when you come out because the at Wembley, the old Wembley, you came out behind the goals, behind one of the goals. You didn't come out yeah. on the halfway line as they do now. So and it was yeah. a very long walk behind the goals because you didn't because there was it was it's like a big old um like a rugby ball shape, wasn't it? And yeah. and so there was yeah. a lot of lot of room to walk before you got actually got to the pitch. And and when you come mm. out of the yeah. tunnel, you actually heard a um What they don't, what you can't be prepared for, because we we we'd made a visit to Wembley the day before on the Friday, because we played on the Saturday afternoon, three o'clock yeah. kickoff. Uh, but we'd had a look round for half an hour, an hour on the Friday walk, had a look walk on the pitch and whatever. But what they can't, uh, what what was never mentioned was when we come out of the tunnel, the the roar of the crowd just makes the hairs on the back yeah. of your neck stand up. It was just mind blowing, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just amazing uh, experience. And it was obviously it was the Wolves' end that we came out at, um, and you thought, "Oh yeah. my word!" And you knew then that, uh, you know, speaking to another few of the Wolves players, George Berry's mentioned it um, as well. Can you hear me? You know, thinking, you know, we've literally got a win for these. So you you literally run Mm. your legs off. Um, And uh, so, yeah, the emotional charge can can get to you. That's why I think that they say that, you know, that everybody was, that you talked to about playing at Wembley, they were saying it was so energy draining. But I think a lot of that was not to do with just with maybe the pitch being like a big pitch, which is now you can't you can't be too big. Yeah, I think it was the case that obviously it's always going to be a big occasion and it's always going to be emotionally charged as opposed to just a normal game. So yeah. that's what drains you more than the actual sur- the surface being yeah. uh, energy drop uh, sapping, so to speak. So. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I was fortunate. I 
only played at Wembley once, but at least I played there in front of hundred thousand, yeah. and we actually won. So it was a that was a yeah. dream come true as well. Was Wembley the best stadium you played at personally yeah. for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played yeah. some great stadiums, uh, but um, Wembley's just the occasion, and obviously I haven't played. You know, play in front of a hundred thousand. You can't do that now. It's only ninety thousand, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, that it's, might be a, might be a bigger yeah. stadium, or obviously up more up up to, up to date. But um, you're not going to beat that the atmosphere that we had that day. Yeah. And was that game the most exciting exciting moment of your um, career? It's got to be one of it's got to be up there because it's that's that's probably mm-hmm. unique. You know, there yeah. are others, you know, play, you know, got some tremendous um, memories of playing at, at some great stadiums, you know, Old, Old yeah. Trafford, Anfield, Goodison Park, um, the old uh, Highbury where Arsenal used to play. Um, yeah. White Hart Lane, you know, Chelsea, the list goes on. Uh, Villa Park, you know, yeah. the Hawthorns, it's great, you know, just playing at, at all of all of the stadiums. Um, Leeds, when we got Newcastle United, 50,000 Geordies, oh, what an experience that is. Um, <laughs> you know, it's St. James's Park, um, Sunderland, the Roker Raw, and all that. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, so, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's something that I'm, I'm I'm grateful for because I was able to fulfil yeah. an ambition that I got that many hardly hardly anybody does. I, I remember I was the 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 head teacher um, comes comes into my prime uh, junior school class, so we're all ten or eleven last year before you go to to bit the big yeah. school, uh, secondary school. And then uh, he asks all the boys and girls, well, what do you want to be when you when you finally leave school? And um, obviously yeah. a lot of the girls and different things. And in these, then we're going back a long way, wanting to be nurses or secretaries or whatever. And then some of the boys wanted to be different things. But three, three of the lads said, because uh, we had a really good football team, I want to be uh, a footballer or a professional yeah. footballer. Um, obviously, one of those was me. So um, to to go on and um, and then achieve that was uh, yeah was you know I feel very blessed and fortunate to be able to have done it. Yeah. Um, I know throughout your career you had a lot of injuries. Um, what 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 was the one that you was, well, was the worst for you? I only really, you know, I, I did have some injuries, but the only really the worst injury for me was um, when I ruptured my Achilles when I was twenty seven. It was the last game. It was due, it was um, May the sixth, nineteen eighty four, at twelve minutes past three at Vicarage Road, Watford, when we played. Watford played Wolves in the old first division. Now you can tell I don't remember yeah. it very well. So um, I'm joking there. And 
because I've said exactly when it happened. <laughs> and I can tell you, that I was just over the halfway line. John Burridge yeah. was taking as our goalkeeper, was taking a, a kick out of his hands. And I was going to challenge the, the centre-back foot with the ball because I was playing up front that day. And um, I just heard it, what would be classed as a gunshot. And the next thing, I was on the floor. Oh. Um, and I was actually looking into the crowd. I just tilted my head to the side, looking in the crowd. Has somebody got a shotgun? Because yeah. that was the sound that I, you know, that I heard. I didn't realise at the time what had happened, that I'd actually ruptured my Achilles, and that's the sound. Yeah. Mm. I guess that was very sur- surreal for you well, for that to happen. Well, yeah, and they got me off the pitch, and it wasn't until this was 12 minutes. So, so by the time I, it was about 20 past three, 25 past three, by the time they got me into the dress, back into the dressing room and just left me on the, um, in the away dressing mm-hmm. room underneath the stand um, on the treatment table. And there was one treatment table and I got left there. Yeah. So I was 20 minutes on my own. Oh. And then it was because obviously the doctor wasn't going to come down. Who was the, who would have been the Watford mm-hmm. doctor? Uh, didn't come down. Yeah. He didn't want to miss the game. So he comes down at half time, feels around me, says, "Oh, there's nothing there." In other words, you've completely ruptured. You virtually completely ruptured your Achilles, which I didn't, still didn't realise what the implication was. Yeah. But um, they eventually got me into a car, and I had to have an operation the following day in in a, in a uh, Hospital in London. Yeah. Uh, that, that's all the questions from me. I don't know if Freddie has some that he oh, wants to ask. I'm good. It's been an in, it's been a privilege listening to you and your opinion on football yeah. now and hearing your stories. And, yeah. <laughs> now it's been an absolute pleasure, lads. The, the thing that I love now is that, that obviously everybody is... Um, as enthusiastic about about the national game, or I always call it the beautiful game as well, um, than than we've ever yeah. been. So uh, the the coverage on on TV is far better than it used to be when I played. That's that's an advantage for everybody, mm-hmm. so they can keep up with things um, in, at every level in a, at every division. Um, so that's great, and. Um, you know, uh, I still spend a lot of time writing about f- football, uh, commentating because I do some commentating for the radio, yeah. uh, some summarising, yeah, which, which I love, which are covering Wolves, which is great, um, yeah, and then obviously doing my seminars and lectures and working with, I still work with some of the footballers as well. Um, in yeah, really, the main thing is um, getting them to think in the right way of how how to perform. So it's all basically what they think yeah. about what you think about comes about, and yeah, which is so it's not all just positive thinking, but you have to 
whatever whatever you whatever you believe you can achieve as long as you then do things mm. there are little nuances in between that so it's not as straightforward as well I'll believe it I'll get I'll achieve it or if what I think about comes about because you'll speak to people well I was thinking of doing that mm-hmm. but it, it hasn't happened thinking well yeah there are little things yeah. in between <laughs> otherwise everybody would just get what they want straight away wouldn't they <laughs> so uh, yeah it's a little bit more uh, it's a little bit more to it um, so and that's what I love love teaching and helping people to do so yeah but brilliant to uh, speak to you guys i think uh mm-hmm. and uh best of luck with thank your podcast thank you i'm sure it'll cheers it's, it's been a well, pleasure, my to pleasure. Have you on. thank you very much for asking me uh, and it's uh it's, okay. it's been an honor to be your um you know to, to have a chat with you and to be your first first guest thank you thank you yeah. means a lot First of many. Okay. Yeah. Well, as I say, yeah. First yeah. of first of many. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's it for the episode. Thanks, Mel. We'll be will forever be okay. grateful. So if if you want to, um, so I how can I get a a copy of this? Um. Um. Uh, it's, it's available on many sites, uh, Anchor, Spotify, Apple okay. Podcasts. Uh, it's you, available can, on many sites. Can you so. send me, the, the, send me the, the links or the info, please? Yeah. Either it. Either it. Yeah, yeah, there's no problem. Message me, email me, whatever. Yeah. No problem. That's great. Yeah, no problem. Thank, thank you, you, Mel. Well, thank you. Thank you, lads. Really... Uh, really impressed with your initiative and uh, I wish you all the very best with it and anything any way thank you not necessarily uh, you know another podcast or although I'm happy to do version two in the few in the future always happy to come on again with you guys Uh, so um, but also if you need any advice as well other other than thank you that'd be amazing I'm always available Okay. That'd be amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, guys. I'll see you later, Mel. Bye. Take. Bye, bye, lads. Bye. Bye.